Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Buck up, Darren. It's gonna be a ball. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. <laughs> I'm your TV guide, Brett White, and I'm also a senior reporter producer for Decider.com. And say hello to the Dick York to my Dick Sergeant, Ethan K. Hi, Ethan. Hello. Mm, I just said something. I just wiggled my nose like on Bewitched. Wait, that's how you wiggle your nose? You're I can't wiggle my jaw. nose. Wait. We're trying. I can. I mean, I think that she moved her upper lip. Oh, um, yeah, maybe. I actually just move one nostril at a time. Oh, that's too much I, coordination I for flare me. flare back and forth. Um, but yes, uh, so welcome to the holiday gauntlet, Ooh. <laughs> which is uh, pretty much three straight months of holiday episodes because... Because for some reason, when uh, America was designing its calendar, they were like, we definitely need three major holidays in three straight months. They end load it. So everyone kind of enjoys it and it goes out and then you're kind of stuck with cold weather with a couple occasional holidays. But they want kind of like the the big centerpieces. Here's the big bang of holidays. So and I didn't do a holiday gauntlet last year. So we're going to we're hopping right in with uh, Halloween, the 1960s um uh oh before we get to any of that i will first say i am uh dressed up as you go to the youtube and see that i am wearing my period accurate tuxedo this tuxedo is from i think 1967 Woo! so it and it has it does actually look a lot like the ones darren and uh, arthur wear in this episode it's got the rounded shawl collar i also have uh three i got a vest um and I'm, hey, I'm I'm head to toe in this. For those of you uh, listening on the podcast, Brett stood up and showed and off the vest. It the looked tuxedo, very, yeah. It looks very good. And I'm, you know, do do you miss the days of parties where people would dress up in tuxedos? Yes. In evening I games? never went to one. I I mean, no. I've never. We don't do that ever. The only times I've ever done that is if anything with the Freemasons, uh, and that's once again, Ethan's a Freemason, but. Uh, Freemasons often wear tuxedos. It's kind of like the 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 uniform. Oh yeah, because my grandfather. That's why he had so many tuxedos that I now own that I need to actually get tailored. Well, there you go. I have they like have, four. They have history. They have provenance. Yeah, uh, that's uh, crazy. Wait, do you own a tuxedo? I do own a tuxedo. Well, where is it? You didn't tell me we were wearing tuxedos. <laughs> no. I thought you were dressing like Endora. Oh, no. Yeah. So listeners, I will be uh, doing Endora drag at some point this month. It's just I do not 
the wig needs to be done. The I, and I don't hairstyling is the last thing on my list. But yeah, I, I'll be turning an Indora look. I also got a Morticia uh, gown, and I have a Gomez suit. So you know, there'll be all sorts of. But this is also uh, Halloween appropriate for this episode. So. Quite a bit, quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> this, was a, this was a great episode. It is a Technicolor dream. I loved uh, it. Uh, so before we get into the episode, we have uh, a DM on Twitter, which I'm just going to read Ooh. because, you know, DMs are not sacred. I don't know. But they, yeah, they, didn't at, want, they didn't want to make this one public, which is no, which is a lot. no it's just uh, at Sir Voltagon uh, DM at must have seen TV and said, as always, it's a treat to hear a new episode. I'm loving bread. I'm loving Barb and I'm loving Ethan. Hi. Uh, yes. If there's any room for requests, could I suggest one of my Nick at Night favorites? Get smart. It's good comfort food when they're not relying on racial stereotypes accurate and maybe barb could find some groovy 60s spy she can come pete with the iconic and lovely miss barbara felden absolutely so uh we did uh get smart on the podcast during the pandemic in 2020 but we did the pilot episode which is in black and white which is well, not there fun you go. which is not fun because when you think get smart you think color and that's uh very appropriate for the bewitched bewitched started out in black and white and ended up going into color and also, I do believe the same costume designer that did Samantha Stevens and 99 also did Mary Tyler Moore, uh, Mary oh, Richards. Go. So like, it's this like, I think she's like this iconic. I mean, yeah, if you did all three of those, these are three of the chicest ladies in sitcom history. So <laughs> it's funny that you brought it up, too, because before the podcast recorded, I was showing Brett something that I had just got in the mail, yeah. which was a uh, a book by one of my favorite authors, Ricky Jay who was a fantastic magician, did off-Broadway shows, tons of movies and TV. And I got a book of his that he autographed to Mel Brooks. Uh, it was in Mel Brooks's library and Mel gave it to Carl Reiner, either as a gift or lent it out. So it was in Carl Reiner's um, library when he passed and it was part of his estate. And uh, now I have it. Now I have it. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> it's wild how, how things are just out there. If you had um oh god what do they call it when if you the you touch something like psychomancy or what is it like um uh, psychometry. psychometry yes like long shot in the X Men you touch something you get all the memories of it and I think Shatterstar now has that too which makes sense I've oh. I've done it before but uh, I haven't done it in a while um, well this is something you need to do it on <laughs> <laughs> I've heard stories about like about psychics who go through museums. And just stand in front of things and get like a whole bunch of information off pictures and relics and stuff like that, which is I'm honestly something I would love to be able to do, but Jeez, I'm not that good a psychic. No. Okay. Well, speaking of spooky information. Wait, wait. yeah, spooky <laughs> spooky information. Brett, what are you watching these days? Oh, I totally even forgot. Um uh I'm trying to think if I should talk about something good or something garbage. Well. Well, I mean, you, I, I've been uh, watching a lot of Ink Master. <laughs> oh, the tattoo competition show. Yeah, because uh, I was that's a outside uh, your uh, well, purview. I love competition shows. So there's, you know, um, anything that's a art, any reality show that is based around an artistic endeavor, which like okay. tattooing is an artistic endeavor. I always find it interesting because I get to learn about it. I don't like, so I'm covering it for work, which means I'm just. Or like a how to watch it, and that was it. But yeah, um, I, I've gone back and watched like the previous three seasons, and and you know it, it's cool to see. I don't know anything about tattoos, and I didn't know that there's all these. Of course, I mean, of course there is. There's all these different sub genres of tattooing, and people can be 
like black and white realism is but they're not new school uh but the japanese or traditional like there's all this stuff the one thing i don't like about the show is that there are just like these interstitials where it's essentially like wrestling bits you know how like wrestlers i'm gonna come for you Uh. like it's just like this thing of just like okay i can just imagine the producer being like okay now everyone say something mean about someone's thing and then act like you're gonna actually throw punches (laughs) like and it's like we don't need this (laughs) a couple a couple years ago it was in i was in japan and i was watching a tv program which i loved which was a history program but it was all about battles and wars and before every battle all the generals got together and did those wrestling promos like (laughs) your army's going down your army's gonna fall at the river it was done like that it was like really good it was all like they're all these it was like done with like news reporters but the, everybody got interviewed as it was happening it was wonderful oh wow that really kind of cool. reminds me of that um ultimate warrior show i think it was called that aired on spike like 15 years ago that was like <laughs> would a samurai stand up against a like confederate soldier or whatever oh yeah and then they would like take the weapons and like actually like <laughs> accurate it was like i love stupid things That's silly uh, a knight versus a ninja and stuff like that. Um, what are you watching? Uh, I gotta, I gotta put a shout out for reboot on Hulu. Okay. Uh, really enjoying it. And this is coming from someone who is now doing a podcast about sitcoms. This is a really good sitcom. Ah. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch it. Uh, four episodes are on Hulu so far. It's got an amazing cast. The yeah, jokes yeah. are really good. Judy Greer, Judy Greer, yep, uh, Paul Reiser, Johnny Knoxville, um, and just like a whole bunch of like uh, other people that you're like, oh, I know them, I've, I've seen them before. Um, the guy who played Colonel Sanders in Spaceballs is in it. <laughs> like it's it's everything that we talk about, like especially the behind the scenes stuff on our show. But oh, it's yeah. also really, really, really funny. Like Aww. Megan and I just just cannot stop laughing at it. It's so good. Yeah, I've been mostly just uh, watching Ink Master, She-Hulk, and Andor, which, oh my God, is a really interesting trifecta of shows. But <laughs> it's a good, um, week for, it's a good kind of season for TV. We got a lot yeah. of good, good shows out there. Shows coming back that we can talk about on future episodes. Let's get to Bewitched. Yes. So this week we are traveling to October twenty seventh, nineteen sixty six. Way, way out. Rolled the box office. Ninety six tears by question mark and the Mysterians topped the charts. That's a good uh, one. Yeah, and ABC aired the Bewitched episode Twitch or Treat. Ethan, you must have seen Twitch or Treat before today. I haven't, uh, but I'm sure you have because it is a a very Paul Lind episode. Yeah, I watch every every Halloween. Well, every Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, I spend the entire months, respective months, watching nothing but sitcom, holiday sitcom episodes that, you know, just nonstop. And so I've watched this one like every year for the past, I don't know, five, six years. Um, so, but, okay. but we should tell we should tell people where they can find it. Oh, it's on Freevee. It's on Freevee and it's on the Roku channel. I watched it on Freevee because I was watching it on my laptop. Which Freevee is the streaming service uh, formerly known as IMDb TV, which basically is prime video. Like if you have uh, Amazon, it's just there. It's just it's free. Uh, you can watch it with ads. Um yeah. I did not know that Amazon owned IMDb and that's why that was a thing until very recently, really. And now they changed it to freebie. So whatever. Um, it is. Uh, what is your history with Bewitched? Because growing up, I only ever saw the black and white episodes because Nick at Night didn't get the color episodes until way later. 
I feel like I've seen more of the color episodes than the black and white episodes. Um, I remember enjoying it because I liked the premise mm-hmm. that, oh, which goofiness. It was, it's a goofy show. It's, 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 you know, it's made for kids. I feel like the yeah, jokes like, are, are for kids. This is a This is a very good, like kid show. Yeah. So I watched it a lot when I was, when I was much younger. Um, I, it was funny that Paul Lind as uncle Arthur was such like a, a famous presence. And I did not watch any episodes with him. I did not watch. I didn't remember any he's episodes. Only, I just happened to watch the ones he wasn't in. He's only in like nine. Like he isn't in a lot of them. Like everyone thinks he was in it a lot more, but if you, I think he was in like between like nine or 11 of the like 200 plus. Uh, so yeah, it is uh, crazy. He basically did like one a season, maybe two a season. Like yeah. this, as we'll get to is part two of a Loki two-parter, which is super rare for the sixties. Um, this wasn't, this was an eight part. I mean, this was an eight season series. This went on for yeah. quite a while into the seventies. So, yeah. you know, uh, there were way more color episodes than black and white, but growing up, I just thought this was a black and white show. And it wasn't until, I don't know, I got streaming that I was like, oh my God, they're, they're a color. There's a ton of color. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Bewitched episode, Twitch or Treat is the seventh episode of season three. And it was written by Robert Riley Crutcher and James Henderson and directed by William Asher. Here's William how, Asher. here's how Freebie, Freebie describes the episode. Buckle up. Darren is incensed when Indora makes a house appear on a vacant lot near the Stevens' home for a Halloween party. Uncle Arthur, who was costly bickering with his sister, arrives when Samantha begs her mother to remove the house. Indora decides to hold her party in the Stevens' home and lavishly transforms the living room. That night, Boris approaches the house with Ava, a black cat, before dot, 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 and then you just can't see the rest of it. What, even how accurate is this description? I mean, was this the pitch for the this episode? This is just like a fucking outline of it. There's a, just the entire plot of the entire thing. So it's a thank book you. report. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's what I did me. on my Halloween vacation. Jeez. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a Halloween episode. This is called Twitch or Treat because I think they already had an episode called Trick or Treat. But, you know, Twitch or Treat's fun. Um, so the episode... Frozen. Is, oh, oh no, you're back? back. Oh, I'm back. Yeah. Back. Uh, the episode begins with Darren and Sam. Uh, Darren's like trying to get her to go to a movie because he just wants to like hide out. It is Halloween and he's like, let's do something else. He wants to chill. And I can understand why, because every day in this house is we- is something weird is happening. He just wants to go to a movie, enjoy a Halloween. Uh, he's played by Dick York. Dick York is, is uh, a great actor. Uh, he's he. I, I started doing a lot of like like research on everybody and everything just came down to everybody in the show has a list of TV credits a mile long, yeah. a list of movie credits a mile long. Nothing particularly stands out. Um, there are a couple couple highlights like Dick York was in one of my favorite movies, Inherit the Wind. Um, oh, but was like, he the lead of that? He was. He, he played yeah. the, uh, the teacher. Clarence Darrow or whatever. No, no, no. no he, that's a lawyer. That was the lawyer. That was um, uh, Spencer Tracy. Great movie. Okay. If you have never seen it, it's the Scopes Monkey I've Trial. I've seen it. I, I've seen it. <laughs> I it just was 2006, it to, though. I showed it to Megan last year. It's a it's a fantastic movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Dick York is the first Darren Stevens. Uh, he's, the, he's the most prominent. Like Dick Sargent was only in like the last three or four seasons. There are Bewitched season, super yeah. fans that need to that will be mad about. Um, Darren was in an episode of The Twilight Zone that also starred Hayden Rourke. Really? He was a he was a bank teller who gets cursed with telepathy 
and he overhears, I believe Hayden plays like, does he play a guy who comes in and thinks about how he's going to like use the money to like, or like he's like stealing or something. And I don't know, it's very brief, but yeah. It's a good I, like Dick York. I like Dick York. He's an interesting actor. He did go through some hard times. He had um, back problems. Yeah. That's why he had to leave uh, Bewitches because yeah. he uh, had, and and which you can kind of see like in a, his, his Darren is way more physical. He is a very physical comedy actor. And so like, if you get a back injury, that's really, yeah, yeah ain't going to help. Um, I do like that. This is back in the time. I guess they'd still do this now. It's like when they just say like, what do you want to go see? Genre, genre, genre. It's like <laughs> Western at the Rialto, Egyptian epic at the Fillmore. Or is, that because, is that because there's more advertising now and, and, and we know the names of movies? Yeah, I guess. More. Yeah. Like you would just be like, hi, I would like to see the Western, please. I don't know. Yeah. Is it is it because with the internet there's you you look up any movie and it'll have a really good synopsis of it yeah and if you're just looking up in the newspaper maybe it doesn't have a good synopsis it's just this is you're what's playing this the is the title playing. alone which is why yeah. it's just like the horses will carry it's like okay you gotta <laughs> you gotta really stamp like tears of egypt like <laughs> um i do like that darren he they do a really good job of giving quick exposition because he's like Halloween. It feels like it's been Halloween for a week. What with your mother and Uncle Arthur and houses appearing and disappearing. And then he like, you know, goes over and looks out the window or what does he like? There's no house there, but then a house does appear. House later. appears. It's just like boop. Um, there's a lot of that. Like we turn the camera off. Yeah and, then, yeah, and we turn the camera back on, and now something is there that wasn't there before. It happens throughout. It happens, it happens throughout Bewitched, and also That's a this genie episode. thing. And yeah, and Genie. I mean, they actually called it. Oh God, I can't remember what they called it, but on Genie, they had an actual name for it, and I can't remember what it was, but I've had to write about it. And there were like, uh, I think like was Barbara Eden was very good at it. I think Samantha St- or Elizabeth Montgomery was very good at it. Bill Daly on Genie, not good at it, you know, because it is like the skill of like, they have to literally yell, okay, freeze. And then everyone just has to freeze for however long it takes them to set up that stunt. Um, but so what I, uh, Samantha's like, well, mom, you know, she has the house because she wants to throw a Halloween party there. There'll be a lot of interesting people. And Darren says, interesting. Yes. People know, which is funny, but also, that's a little racist or speciesist or magicist, yeah. which is the undercurrent of the show. It really is. And she's she gives him the benefit of the doubt and and, and lets him lead conversations. But at the same time, he is also fairly bigoted. Oh, yeah. No, like that's why I have my notes like I think that uh, Dick York in this role is very cute. I think that he's a uh, very handsome, like goofy, like a goofy handsome. Uh, he sucks, though. He just he, yeah. Darren like this. Darren sucks. He's just he's just a bad husband. <laughs> he is a bad husband. And I think there's there's a lot of 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 like Elizabeth Montgomery as Samantha kind of like sucking up to him and kind of just and usually I, I do like that she ends up doing whatever she wants anyway yeah. <laughs> behind his back. So it's like there is that kind of like she actually has the power, but in the 60s she has to let him think that he has the power because a man has to have some power. Uh whatever. Um <laughs> so then so this is when we hear uh the uh, uncle arthur from off off screen and they turn around he's in a painting and he's wearing an amazing hat and this great double-breasted suit uncle arthur played by paul lind icon 
who was who we did an episode of the Paul Lynn show, which was also directed by William Asher. All right. Yeah. Uh, William Asher married to Elizabeth Montgomery mm-hmm. uh, at, at the time of this was filming. They were married. They were married for a number of years, uh, but they split after the show ended. Um, I'm glad we get to watch a good Paul Lind thing. It's a very good Paul Lind. I think he's well, he and works his, as, a, as a guest star. And also, I think just the character of Arthur plays into it is like the best vehicle to get Paul Lind's Paul Lindiness on television because, like, um, what was his name? Paul Sims on the Paul Lind show was just an angry, cantankerous, grumpy dad. Whereas Uncle Arthur, his like baseline is mischievous, which allows him to have a much more positive energy. Like he doesn't shut things down. He actually gets things going. And I think that takes Paul Lynn's very like frantic kind of grating energy, but it turns, it uses it for like the best, like for ultimate good. And it is just the perfect role for him. He works really well as a heckler. Yeah. As as kind of like a, a voice in the gallery, kind of throwing things out there, lobbing bombs. And (laughs) Statler and Waldorf could never it's 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 a very it's a mystery science theater kind of thing that I love. And then if you put one of those people like who would watch the Statler and Waldorf show? No, you need to see them yelling at Miss Piggy. (laughs) Yeah, you need them. You need them. They need they need to react to things. And the things that he was reacting to in Paul Lynn's show were things that he just had to be mad about. He couldn't he couldn't have fun. He was just angry. And this is him like gently ribbing everyone, which is just great. It's it's all killer, no filler. Um, We get the theme song. I mean, do you have anything to say about the opening credits, which are, of course, iconic? The opening credits have been parodied by so many things. I mean, WandaVision most recently. Exactly. I just got a Sabrina comic where it's been done. The Dan Parent redid it in the Bewitch style. It is. uh, And now there is a statue of Samantha in Salem based off that uh, opening credits. Yeah, her wearing the witch, the witch costume that she actually like rarely wears. Oddly enough, she mostly wears them in Christmas episodes because Santa Claus is a recurring character on Bewitched. Like every (laughs) single Christmas, Sam's like taking people to the North Pole or bringing Santa Claus to wherever the hell they live. I think like probably Connecticut or something. And it's just like, leave, let Santa do his job. (laughs) Um, So when we get back, Darren is like laying down the law of like this house needs to go. And like, this is where I will say, I do think Darren is correct that in terms of in terms of like things (laughs) that one could do to blow the cover of a witch's existing blinking a house in a subdivision like this ain't like out in the boonies. This is like a you know boomtown 1950s like what yep. uh, eisenhower or like you know, like we're building suburbs out the wazoo a house just disappearing and appearing is uh, that's a noticeable that's yeah. a red flag it's funny that you say that because i wrote in my notes darren is a bully but is it justified yeah i said <laughs> i wrote like darren is laying down the law i mean he's not wrong it is a disturbance <laughs> it is it, yeah there's a house there and that's that's not there and then it goes away again yeah. Well, so what was so I, I was right down half of exchanges, but she says we haven't got a goldfish bowl. He says something like this isn't like your mom, like disappearing a goldfish bowl or something or I thought it was like living, have, in, a goldfish bowl. living in a goldfish. And it, well, then Sam says, well, we haven't got a goldfish bowl. And Darren says, Sam. And then we get Sam's catchphrase, which is, well, <laughs> <laughs> I well, love that that is uh, Samantha Stevens's catchphrase. Well, 
And Darren's catchphrase seems to be Samantha. Yeah, yeah. Which is been parodied a million times. I probably came from something else before, but just that like angry one. Yeah. 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 And so mother is outside. Like Darren like leaves, I guess, to go off to work. And um Indora is outside uh sit 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 floating in a tree. Sit floating in a tree. She uh Samantha goes to the backyard after Darren leaves to go to his advertising job because everybody in sitcoms works in advertising. Yep, advertising architects, like these are like the interesting professions. Someone's probably written a thesis on this, but it is it is a real thing where characters, especially male characters, where I mean go to advertising jobs. We saw it in Bosom well, Buddies, we saw it here. Yeah. Well, I said in um the one of the previous Bewitched episodes we've done that like when I think like Bewitched and Mad Men feel tonally similar in terms of like design mm-hmm. and aesthetic. Like yeah. there there are a lot of Madman interior design looks just like Bewitched, specifically Bewitched, like not even anything else from this this time period. It's just there's something about the Bewitched vibe that they really did pull from. Uh, but oh, this is also where I speaking of furniture and stuff. This is where I noticed, OK, patio furniture, because we're looking for patio furniture. And I'm like, I don't even know what kind of patio furniture I like. Oh, so to see yeah. seeing some period uh, mid-century one, I was like, OK, that's a start. Let's <laughs> There's one thing that I noticed about, and this is totally pedantic. This is the the ground that they have is concrete. It's a green concrete with with little like sparkles of like mica and stuff in it. And I noticed that that was the interior as well as the exterior. Huh. Um. Because there there are a couple times where they had to flash like down on the, on the floor during yeah. the later scenes. And I'm like, that's a concrete floor in their living room. That's not a carpeted floor. This is just studio floor. Yeah. Well, like in a co- concrete weird. floors are a very Palm Springs thing. Like that's a very uh, mid mid century kind of thing. It isn't so much a suburban home in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> my grandparents, I mean, my grandparents had a, a concrete floor in their basement Um but this was, I felt this was their living room and I felt it was just like peek behind the curtain. Usually you don't see the, the carpet, but there isn't any carpet. So we're just going to show you the floor of the I studio. I wonder if that's different in other episodes. I wonder if they pulled it up because they knew they were doing the party scene and they didn't. I don't yeah. know. That's the thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, she does say like, Indora says she wants a small gathering, something where she can keep Uncle Arthur out, which of course just summons uncle arthur to pop sit to sit float in the tree next to her wearing his amazing suit that i love (laughs) yeah they're in the tree and she wants to she does she say she wants to do her her rendition of the night before halloween or does paul criticize that oh she's going to recite night before halloween yeah, I think she says like she's like she wants to have the house. She wants, you know, to do her thing. Um, at this point, I wrote like I love Agnes Moorhead and Paul Lynn's chemistry together. Yeah, it's very like, you know, lesbian and gay man, like frenemy brother, sister kind of vibe. And I, I love that. And I was like, what? Like, I'm pitching this now. Kate McKinnon and Billy Eichner as young Andorra and uh, Arthur Chronicles. <laughs> Like, can we get this? <laughs> she's another one. She's another one of those act- actors that is just like constant was constantly working. Uh, and I, the was interesting in, fun fact is she that in she, the bat, the bat with Vincent Price. I mm, that one I don't I remember because I watched a Halloween or a Vincent Price movie with her in it where and I think it was a bat because they just the had bat. to they had to I keep the bat like was, I thought the bat was Bella Lugosi. I thought the oh, bat was not, Bella Lugosi. 
She might have been, uh, but she she was part of like Orson Welles's cast of, oh. of radio actors. So her first credit is Citizen Kane. Oh my god! <laughs> followed by the Magnificent Ambersons. Yes, yeah, she was in the Bat. Oh, she which was is a very bat. a very weird movie. <laughs> it is uh, a lot of it's just them hiding in a bedroom, like <laughs> trying to avoid the windows and getting a bat in their hair. Uh, <laughs> so silly. she does. She does end up blinking the house away. Uh, she also then blinks. She blips uh, Paul Lind out or uh, Arthur out onto the ground. And you can see his beetle boots, his Chelsea boots, which I am wearing. <laughs> oh, Wait. you went oh really accurate with this one. Yeah. Uh, so I made sure to wear those. Um, Very nice. And then I love Paul Lind says like, anybody who is anybody who would knock someone out of a tree is sick. Like, <laughs> which got huge laughs. Everything gets huge laughs in well, this. Yeah, because it's all fake. It's all this, fake laughs. Yeah, and this is it, this couldn't be shot in front of a studio audience because they would not be getting restless having to sit around waiting for people to be like moved in and out of trees. Yeah, there's it. W- it wouldn't have made sense. It's it's very noticeable because there's some lines that just aren't funny that get yeah. huge laughs. I do love that. Like that cadence or whatever is very like. Whoever invented blah 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 should get drug out in the street and shot. Like <laughs> Garfield. <laughs> Which, like, looking back, I'm like, I can't believe that was a line regularly in a Saturday morning cartoon Garfield. Can Whoever you imagine if Garfield was voiced by Paul Lind? Oh God. O- opposite energies between him and Lorenzo Music. I hate Mondays and everybody else. Uh, they should be drug out into the street and shot. Uh <laughs> So then Endora's like, cool, cool, cool. So uh, I'll just have it in your living room. And then she immediately just like blinks or she more like bibbity bobbity is, I guess. There's uh, a question that I have. There, we see many different kinds of magic. There's bibbity bobbity hands, which I just did if you're watching the video. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> then there's, there's snapping. Everybody snaps. And in this episode, Samantha didn't wiggle her nose at all. She, in fact, she. Oh, snapped. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, like she does a lot of, but the, yeah, huh. Maybe it, is it a time thing? Is it like, you know, we got to save preference. Those? Yeah, which is snap and things happen. Yeah. Because that happened yeah. multiple times throughout throughout the show. Spoiler, I think that's no... how Willie Mays pops away. Willie Mays. Right, is, yeah. yeah, spoiler, Willie Mays shows up in one of two appearances on Bewitched. I did write, like, so like she, she bibbidi-bobbidi's the living room or the entire interior of the house into being her ideal party. Well, her... Her ideal party, like, decoration, which in universe, I think, is not meant to be good because Arthur does say this is, like, what, like, oh, God, uh, what, like, everything you do, you did this in super stupendous, glorious, bad taste. Bad Um, taste. It's just a bunch of drapes and curtains and then a weird fountain with a woman statue and then some, like, weird glowing orbs in the fountain. And that's all that the decorations are. And there's a bird, a stuffed bird on top of the fountain. Yes. A stuffed bird, a stuffed, a stuffed dove on top of the fountain. Icing right, on the cake. And right as that happens, uh, Gladys number two comes over. Like she knocks on the door and then Arthur blinks her that sh- so that she's actually knocking on her house. And her husband Abner opens the door. And I don't like this. I don't like this Gladys Kravitz. There's, this is a, a show that had a lot of personnel changes because yeah. people died. People, yeah. <laughs> people like Darren got got injured and had to leave. Um, Marion Lorne, who played Aunt Clara, passed away mm-hmm. after uh, winning an Emmy, I do believe, or like so did, posthumously. So did, 
And so did Alice Pierce for playing Gladys oh, Gravis. They both won posthumous Emmys. Paul Lind was like, people would ask him, do you wish that you had won an Emmy? And he was like, no, I don't want to be dead. Like, because he, <laughs> he was like, he noticed that. Uh, I like the original Gladys. I just felt had more agency or levels. Whereas this Gladys, you know, and I'm sure she has her benefits or whatever. It's just always, she's at a 10 at all times. Abda, abda. Like there's just no, she's just a frantic mess just at frantic. all times. Which I guess if you've been being gaslit by the entire world for the past two years, two and a half years, maybe you would be at this point now. I love that they 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 show her house because what happens is she comes over and then Uncle Arthur snaps his fingers and she opens the door and she's in her own house. Yeah. And Arthur and, and Abner's there, her husband. And they've they still deck out their entire house as a set. Well, so I guess that they probably had that because there it is. It is a uh, heavily featured in the most fucked up Halloween episode that we did not watch. Um, uh, oh. oh God, I can't remember what it's fucking called. It's the one where Tabitha blinks a whole bunch of storybook monsters to life, and then they they then they have to go trick or treating, and it's a uh, very uh, it's very uh, insane. That sounds <laughs> very fun. upsetting. I understand why you wanted to do this one. This is an Uncle Arthur spotlight episode. Yeah, completely understand. And I feel like I might have actually done that other Halloween when it's I can't even remember what I have done and have done on this podcast. I know I wrote an article about it. Um, so Samantha, like begrudgingly is like, OK, yes, you can have your party here under one condition. Arthur has to come. And then Indora's like, that's blackmail. And then Sam says that's love. And now I just want to talk about the adorable, perfect relationship between Sam and Arthur. I love them. They did so much together. They have so much chemistry. They even say it later. We always did make a good team. I know. It just, and so like I wrote an article about this, I think for the anniversary of Pollen's debut as Uncle Arthur of like, Uncle Arthur is the first like gunkle, gay uncle, uh, which is a term that I believe Tori Spelling came up with on her reality <laughs> show. I did research for um, my hate and workbook. I was like, who coined the term gunkle? And I think it was like, uh, it was like someone on like an e-reality show like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. But I just, I love that like, because Arthur is so clearly a homosexual. I do believe that he has like a female love interest in like one weird episode, but he doesn't like that lady. Um, <laughs> his energy, like the fact that like, they show this like really special bond between the gay uncle and his niece. And it is so beautiful and fun. And I just like that. Cause she could easily be as annoyed as Endora or as annoyed as Darren, but I love that the fact that she's on his side lessens the softens the edges of an Arthur <laughs> because and you that, trust Sam. And that also, I mean, it also, it speaks to Elizabeth Montgomery's not just like character in the show, but character as a person she oh, was a very advocacy. vocal, exactly. She was a very vocal gay rights AIDS advocate, especially near uh, closer to the end of her life. She uh, did um, that uh, pride parade, um, in, like the late eighties, with Dick Sargent, the second Sargent. who was gay and passed of AIDS. But also, like, there was just a ton of, uh, uh, um, oh my god, well, my brain, my brain is just blanking. My brain is just blanking on everyone's fucking names. The the oh Maurice Evans who plays Samantha's father and also Doctor Zayas I love that um, <laughs> homosexual handsome debonair British homosexual and then and then there's also rumors that Abner might have been gay but I can't find any like 
concrete evidence of that or even like speculation so like the bewitched and genie sets were just very homosexual and i love and and i i liked i like um that you've done all this research on them because of all my friends you know bewitched and i dream of genie better than all of them by 10 by 20 (laughs) and believe me i don't know nothing compared to a lot of the uh (laughs) great people i've met over the past two and a half years please someone buy Give me a literary agent. Damn Give it. this man a book. God. Yeah, it's fun. Um, So then when Darren comes home, Sam immediately just like tries to butter him up. She's kissing him. She's being affectionate. And then she has and, to break it to him. And she, and he's like not in front of the neighbors, which is something that is of its time. Like I like PDA is much more acceptable nowadays than it was yeah. back then. That that back then a kiss in front of the neighbors even like a very chaste kind of welcome home kiss no do not do this like it was it kind of sticks it stood out to me yeah and then he he comes into the house and then you get the samantha and then well well you know we're doing it um now it's party time i did like the spooky night transition (laughs) the like spooky moon and the clouds coming over and it's i love that so uh, there's people in the house. They're dancing to music that is that is piped in. It is a party. It is formal attire. All the men are in tuxedos. Oh, there's also a, a gold lame matador. There's a guy who's dressed kind of like Aladdin. Like he has like a turban, and but then like uh, a suit of some sort on, but it's all gold. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a floating tray going through, handing out hors d'oeuvres. Oh, I love and it. Darren, and Darren's cool with it. Dar- yeah, I mean, I will give, I will give him... I mean, and they actually do point that out at the end of the episode. Like, you know, you didn't. Okay, is Darren actually completely right throughout this entire episode? <laughs> I'm like, because, yeah, he did throw a big fit about the house blipping in and out of existence, which. Un- bigoted, under- but understandable. Understandable. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and People are invited he... to his house that he. And then he, he you know, also he was like, about. it's understandable that he wouldn't want his mother-in-law to just throw a party with all of her friends at their place. Well, it's like, this is not your home. You don't even like me, and I don't know your friends. Darren uh, is a bully, but is it justified? <laughs> yeah, but, but like in this episode, when the party gets going, he's down to clown, which is yeah. good. He could have been just screaming about like, not near the that clock like no don't knock over that plate like he could have been a little bitch yeah (laughs) but he wasn't don't spill your your drinks on my concrete floor in my living room (laughs) i do love that darren is wearing a ruffle a a ruffle tuxedo shirt everybody is dressed up really well they're slow dancing at a part at a house party like every house party tuxedo shirt house parties that i've been at we either we're talking we're playing games or we are watching something and making fun of it on the television. Well, like, so come to, come to my Halloween party this year now that I have a back patio. We will all be waltzing. Oh, okay. <laughs> you've, got this, you've got the space for it. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to uh, pump in the music, Brett? Yeah. You know, you'll have to, to put in AirPods. Oh, my God. Yes. The Yeah, Sam does say there's the pun of like, she says it, right? It's like, Who oh, yes, yeah, it? ghost to ghost. It's... How's the music? Who's playing the music? It's ghost to ghost. Yeah. Uh, in Dora's outfit, I did write that she's wearing all the pearls. She's just wearing just strand, like just so many pearls. Costume department just like went extra with it with her. Just and Sam looks stunning and just like very chic, uh, form fitting like black gown and but mm-hmm. it's like off the shoulder that's like strapless and it's like very very beautiful. 
she's just one of the like classic beauties of all television. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Is just Elizabeth being like, Montgomery is just she carries herself so well in these episodes, and she's just very. It's that that kind of like housewife glamour where I'm I, even though I'm staying at home, I'm going to still go yeah. look my best. Well, and she has like she because there's like the, your Donna Reeds of the 50s, but Sam Stevens, she does wear pants, which is good. She also has all of the power in the relationship, even if Darren sometimes thinks he does. Magical uh, power. Mm. And, yeah. And I like that. Like also Sam has this like mischievous side to her. Like she actually gets to, she always gets to do really fun stuff and is always at the center of everything. Cause it's her show. So I do think like, she's just like this a platonic ideal of a, classic sitcom lead that's why so many people just pattern you know that's why wandavision patterned the episodes about oh yeah like that and that's like you can tell like uh elizabeth olsen is very much doing an elizabeth montgomery in the uh, second episode obviously like she's yeah she's and she's doing a very good job of it she's very fucking good on that show um the subtle nods that she does to so many women it's great uh then indora's like oh no i forgot the caviar and so she blinks in a fish. a fish and it's well, just a fucking big ugly fish it's not a sturgeon because sturgeons are gigantic no. it's like this little <laughs> tiny like pike or something like that she gets a fish and it turns out it's arthur yeah or it, it turns into arthur i don't know it's just it's visual snapping things appearing and yeah. disappearing and then we get arthur but then we get Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We get Boris and we get Eva. <laughs> yeah. So I got to say, Bor- you're, this is another one of those weird like little facts. There's one fact that I'm going to, it's going to blow your mind, but uh, this one is uh, Barry Atwater plays Boris, another actor that has just a huge list of credits, but one of them was um, the true story of Jesse James with Agnes Moorhead, Frank Gorshin, and your f- favorite friend, Robert Wagner as Jesse James. Ooh. <laughs> that was funny. But uh, I remember him from the first, the pilot episode of Kolchak, the Night Stalker, oh. where he plays the vampire. Oh, well, that totally makes sense with his outfit. I don't know if he keeps the accent, but he is... Uh, he he is he is this fantastic old school wizard in the in this in Bewitched. He's got a top hat. He's got a cape with the he's, red lining and yeah, like, which is still Dracula ish. Yeah, really. Well, and so before that, uh, I, I didn't want to ask you if you thought this was um, Paul or Arthur turns to Sam and it's like 
Your mother has always been first, last, and foremost a witch. Is that a, like, is the inference there? I mean, did audiences at home think bitch in their head? Yes. Like, is, is that like the, yeah, like, they had to. Th- that line is very playing with, like, she's first and first and foremost a, a witch. witch, which I think is like, that's, you know, I mean, that's uh, G-rated for today, but like, I don't know, like, for like 1966, them maybe planting the word bitch into the adult's audience's head is like kind of fun and uh, yeah, it's, edgy. It's, it's something that Paul Lind would say. Yeah, you gotta love the guy. It's something that Paul Lind would say probably in the Paul Lind Halloween special. Yes. <laughs> She's such a witch. Like that I kind of thing. Wait. Yeah. So here's a uh, Boris and his pussycat as was she, he keeps saying or she keeps saying. Uh, he Ava. keeps saying it. Yeah, pussycat. So he turns her into Ava, the woman. He's like, by midnight, you're going to be a cat again. She still has a tail. Gladys Kravitz sees all of this, and she, of course, does not like it. it it's a very strange dynamic. Like, is this his cat that he turns into his girlfriend? Is this his girlfriend that is sometimes also a cat? Do they have they have a relationship, but it seems open because he hits on Samantha and she hits on Darren. Darren, Yeah. Well, and also they even talk about like, I like this for like this is a routine. She's like, why do I always have to turn back by midnight? Yeah. Like, why do you have to? Yeah, there's something weird going on there. Are you you dating or are you not dating? Like, I feel like Boris (laughs) DTR define the relationship. Put a ring on it. Jeez. Uh, or a ring on the a little bell on the collar. Put a bell on it. <laughs> so Abner, uh, he's like, Gladys is calling people. And he's like, how many people have to tell you you're crazy? But she calls the chairman of like the neighborhood council or something. The ca- councilman green. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to like come and like check out this weird party. So. Okay. It's a weird party. Yeah. Okay. I'll be there. <laughs> Uh, so this is where um, uh, back in the party is where uh, Ava starts flirting with Darren and they start dancing. Boris is dancing with Sam uh, and then Ava is dancing with Darren and Ava is doing this like it's a I mean it's like this weird cat dance or like she just like wiggles her body all the way to the floor and then comes back up. That, that's not how cats dance. We both have cats. <laughs> yeah, no, but I cats do just- love I did write like, so when she shows Darren how to do it, and he's like, oh, okay. And then he starts doing the dance with her and it's really cute. I was like, Darren's really cute doing this stupid dance. And then and they I'm- have to, and then they put a button on it by Eva, who apparently is also a witch, not just a cat. All right. Snaps her fingers and he gets cat whiskers and a cat nose. And she's like, I love a mustache. It's the weirdest thing. And they're both dancing. And it's like, oh my gosh, look at like, so it's, She's is she a witch or is she a wit like a, a cat that has that's under a spell? Like it's this is well, maybe she's a cat that he turns not into a girl but a witch. Oh well, maybe maybe like it's part of a package deal. I have no you get powers. Weird. You get powers until midnight, and then you're a cat again. Like does I, the cat have powers? Could the cat like raise a paw and like do some stuff? Then why can't the cat turn back into Eva? Why? Yeah, I feel like. Giving a cat any type of those kind of powers is a bad move. Robert Riley Crutcher, this is a plot hole. Yeah, what is going on? Uh, so then, like, Sam comes over and, like, you know, uh, she undoes the must the mustache whiskers. Yeah. Uh, sends Eva away. And then 
she like says like oh you know she's a cat and then Darren's like a, a kitty cat and then I did like that she says genuine alley which is really just <laughs> genuine alley cat I love that like shade the shade and then we get a, an interesting cameo um oh yeah they're there he's been on the show twice baseball player Willie Mays uh is sitting there is standing there eating some hors d'oeuvres with Endora and and Darren goes to to Samantha is he a uh, oh, and, and she goes, the way he hits home runs, you can, you, you but, bet. Uh, he only uh, has two lines. He has like a weird, how doing? Like he doesn't say the line. Yeah. But then he says, time for me to pop out to the ballpark. And then he snaps. And Wait, he like while like putting food in his mouth, I think. <laughs> so he's gone. But he, yeah. I know he comes back in a later episode because he's, he's kind of like summoned to play catch with Tabitha. They're, oh, they're gone. Okay. That's nice. So he does two episodes. Uh, that's the, and that episode is an episode I did see when I was younger, the, the baseball. episode. Oh, oh so there is a, like a really, a good scene, uh, with Arthur and Darren together, which, yeah. and so like, again, this is where my, I tweet this like every single <laughs> Halloween of just a screenshot of the two of them wearing tuxedos standing together. And also Arthur's always touching his arm. It seems kind of like to like, don't go anywhere. I'm talking to you is kind of the vibe, but I'm always just like, make them husbands. Like, I just like, they're just so cute together. I just like, they're so adorable. Uh, I wrote, oh, so handsome together. Um, That's amazing if they would, if they would ever do that in heaven, that's happening. That's happening Uh, in heaven. But he's there basically just like dragging Endora's menu of just like, you should have heard what she served at the last thing. And just all just nonstop list of gross foods. It kind of went on a little bit long, and it, it, Darren was obvious. Like, I want to pay attention to the, uh, the to the party, and 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 Arthur's well, like, no, has, no, more, more. He has the sexy cat lady rubbing up on him and like doing the pussy. Yeah. Is this where she's like literally like rolling around on the ground in front of him? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's okay. genuine alley. Yeah, and now this is where the councilman Green, and then I, I honestly just have too many crushes in this episode because his adorable little assistant, who I just think <laughs> is so cute. His little round guy in glasses and a three-piece suit, Mr. Morgan, the campaign manager, who is like, so he didn't have a big career, but I did, um, I have, of course, looked him up on IMDb. I'm trying to get to it right now. Uh, And he does appear in a couple other episodes that I've also seen. I was like, oh, it's that cute little campaign manager uh, nerdy guy from this. Uh, He was, uh, oh no, uh, top cast. Uh, Joan Huntington plays uh, Ava. Um, Jim Begg uh, plays uh, Morgan. And he also, what else have I seen him in? He's in an episode of Happy Days. Um, but he's like, he's like, he's like all these other actors that are kind of spanning that, that divide between old school black and white TV and new school color that they yeah. just have an enormous list of credits that he is on episode of that girl and then also a bunch of andy griffith shows as different characters uh, yeah and, and also the, the mother's-in-law gomer Pyle. they come I in they I all dream of genie that's it okay so he's been they all come in and do a couple episodes all as different different characters but you can you, you, i was just looking down like every member of the cast and it's just yeah i did five episodes of gunsmoke all as different characters yeah. i did three episodes of this show all as different characters it's like good work you know <laughs> everybody was working here everybody was a pro there was this was nobody's first time out 
so I do like, so now Councilman Green and uh, Chairman or um, Campaign Manager Morgan are now like on the job. They turn around and like look at the Stevens's house and they see a couple just like walk through the front door. <laughs> yep. Like they disappear. And then I did like, Councilman Green's like, did you see that? And then Morgan's like, uh, if you know it's good for you, neither did you. <laughs> yeah. So already Morgan is like, this is going to be weird and I don't really believe it. Yeah. And so their whole bit, which I mean, we can probably just knock out all at once. is basically every single time they open the door at the Stevens's, Arthur uh, blips them to the back door. So they open the door and immediately go out into the back patio. They just completely walk through the house. So is it the purview of the local councilman to just walk into a house? Even if I mean, there's maybe a party he reckons going on? party rules and it's just like, hey man, they don't say exclusive. There's no sign. I can just walk it's in. Open to everyone. Well, also, he is the councilman. Um, I don't want also, the council. The councilman can't come into my house. No, I don't think so. <laughs> there's like, especially yeah. a councilman that's up for re-election, and it's like, hey, barging into strangers' houses. I don't know if that's going to play well. The councilman's not even a cop. What is he going to do? He can't. Yeah, he can't be weird. like, be quiet. No parties because I guess they're like someone. Gladys has already tried the cops. They're you, not coming anymore. What are you she's gonna now do? just all of, this? She's called, well, I mean, that house keeps appearing and disappearing. That is something he would be concerned about. That's a zone. Hey, that's is that house full zoning. of voters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, like, then they try to go through the window. Arthur magics them to the other side of the window, you know, et cetera. This is the thinnest house I've ever been through. Like, and that's basically is that their entire they just that's like their give entire up. bit. Yeah. Well, also, like, him and, like, uh, Paul and uh, Arthur and Sam, like, also kind of tag team with messing with them. And they're like, we always did make a good team. Which they yeah, did. Which, which got a huge laugh. And I was kind of surprised. And, like, this is this is a, a line that we all agree with and kind of, like, is heartwarming. But it is not a laugh line. Yeah, no. It is uh, not. So now it's, like, time for uh, we're going to put on a show. <laughs> we're, and now it's time for uh, Twas the Night, to night Before Halloween, which... I'm going to chat you. You'll play in Dora and I will be Arthur. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. Wait, before we get there, before <laughs> we get there. And Dora says, what would you like to do next? Oh yeah. And this is the, this is where, where, where the, 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 the research came in and it, it knocked me off my feet. Arthur triggers Boris to heckle her. Yeah. By saying, Sing Melancholy Baby, which got a huge laugh. And I yeah. had to look it up. I'm like, because I've heard it before. So Melancholy Baby was a, a song from the early 1900s that's been recorded a million times. And for some reason, in like the 50s and 60s, it kind of became like play Freebird. Oh, weird. Because it's like this sappy torch song. It's considered the first torch song. It's about like, um, you know, you're sad and I love you, but I will comfort you as you cry kind of stuff. It's Real a very banger. It's Real a sappy song. Party. <laughs> but it's like, I, I I remember it being referenced kind of that same way. Play Melancholy Baby in like Mad Magazine from the time period. So like, it's, it's a thing. So this is the fact that is going to blow your mind. <laughs> the first person to ever sing it in 1912, this is before World War II one yeah first person to ever sing it william frawley <laughs> what 
Under what context? Just he was, like he was uh William Frawley, uh Fred Mertz from I Love Lucy, a show directed by also William Asher. Yeah. He was uh, apparently he was singing in a club in Colorado, and this was a new song, and he premiered it at this club in Colorado. Um, he was on the show I've Got a Secret. And his secret was I was the first person to sing Melancholy Baby, which is like the equivalent of being like, oh, yeah, I was the first person to do Freebird. So wait, wait. So he's like he's Leonard Skinner. <laughs> William Frawley is Leonard Skinner. Uh, so he was born in 1887. So he, was, did, he was it was 1912. Uh, oh, 1912. So he is 25. Yep. Hard to picture William Frawley at 25. But yeah, he was like a little kind of cabaret. And he. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. He, his the William Frawley version is straight up on the Wikipedia page for this song. <laughs> I listened to the the Ella Fitzgerald version, and the Ella Fitzgerald version is mostly music, intro and outro. She's great, but um, yeah, it's just the sappy song that was sung by Fred Mertz. Wow, and he also performed on Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. Apparently, it's so wild, so weird. So anyway, that's my cool thing. So you. But instead, she wants to recite the she night does. before Halloween. It is. I mean, this seems like something I would do. But like, she's like, what all would you like me to do? Like, she like to all the guests. She's like, which of my many great things do you want to see me do? Which and was then she's also like, I'll thing, do this. But it was also a thing from the 60s where people would do, perform. They would, if, if someone had music, some musical skill, they'd break out, out a guitar and everyone would clap. Man. Or recitations were a thing. This would, That's what this is. Man, parties um, started to suck. Yeah. What happened? That sounds fun. Especially kids. That's a, that's a big thing with like kids would sing, a, like, you know, before you go to bed, come down here like and sing a song. Yeah, a, I don't want to see Or that. do a recitation <laughs> of something. They can, they can go to sleep. <laughs> well, this is before uh, television, too. So <laughs> I guess that like, the college bro who gets out the acoustic guitar to sing Wonderwall or like uh, Only in Dreams or something <laughs> is who ruined this for everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why John Belushi smashed that guitar in yeah. Animal House. But I would like to have, I mean, I will throw these parties from now on. I mean, my Christmas parties have um, a huge game, but you know, no yeah. one performs. Yeah, we had for my birthday party a couple of years ago. I remember when we did the everyone has to present a PowerPoint. Yes. Presentation. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. See, something more than just show up and drink because you can show up and drink and do something. <laughs> for years, I was I was doing a, 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 an event called Monster Society of Evil in my apartment in, in New York. And people would come over and we would watch bad movies and make fun of them. And that was and for a while, it was a, at least a monthly thing that I was yes. really into. It was the first time I saw the Paul and Halloween special. Yeah. I do believe, yeah. And also the Star Wars holiday special, which is unforgivable. <laughs> Did we also um, watch the, the the Brazilian Star Wars? Tramps, oh, I don't... Maybe, but I don't know if I saw Planet that. War. Oh, my God. It's like <laughs> the three It's the three hobos get involved with Star Wars. Did you ever... I didn't show you No, that? I don't think I saw Jesus oh Christ. Oh, my God. We got we to gotta, we gotta come up. We have to find a weekend for you to come up. Yes, yeah. So then she she recites "Twas the night night before Twas the night before Halloween." And if you want to read the Endora parts, and then I'll do the interjections. Oh, you got to do it in the so, voice. Y'all do it. Twas the night before Halloween, and all who were chic were sipping champagne. They'd been stoned for a week. 
the witches and warlocks in Rome by the score, with the ladies attired in their best by Dior. Checking their warts as they came through the door. <laughs> mm. And little old and the odd little mortals all snug in their beds, while visions of trick-or-treat danced in their heads. <laughs> Our children were practicing spells and their chants. And even the poltergeist pulled off their pants. <laughs> it is very weird. It is comedy. It is, you know, yeah. Uh, I do like that Twas and I for Halloween is mostly about fashion. <laughs> it's all about all who are chic, best Dior. It's like, I guess, hey, if that's part of being a witch, sign me up. <laughs> and believe me, there are multiple poems and books called The Night Before Halloween. And this isn't one of them? This is one of them. Wait, this is, is this actually a real one? No. no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this, this adds to the 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 you know the corpus of literature, but there's you look it up on Amazon. There are children's books called Night Before Halloween, a bunch of them poems and stuff like that. Do you know all the words of Twas the Night Before Christmas? No, I do. Oh well, I oh I know the Alvin and the Chipmunks uh, beat poetry version. <laughs> But it is essentially the same, but I do know it beginning to end and it's fun. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that in drag at my Christmas party and really annoy Seb who, who really hates it. <laughs> it was really, if it was fun, if you've ever heard um, people turn the Alvin and the Chipmunks into gloom metal. Oh, by, by yeah. By it down the real, by just slowing it down to like, so they're at a normal pitch or even a little bit lower. Oh, their version of call me is phenomenal when it's slowed down oh and listeners if you go back and listen to uh the very first year that i did holiday gauntlet i did uh i did that i did a chipmunk so i chipmunked myself and i recorded like i can't remember what we sang or said but i did record i think three different versions of me singing like high mid and like low and then like sped them up and pitched them up or whatever and did that so go back and listen to whenever i did that i don't remember uh, so back to the episode yeah that's amazing this is so then she's like indora of course turns his ass into the fountain with the bird, bird on, on his the head. head bird on the head put a bird on it he's put a bird on it and then she's like uh yo uh riviera Paris, where y'all want to go? Boom, Venice, boom. And she's like, why didn't you have the party there to begin with? That sounds way more interesting. It's all it plot crazy. It's and she's like, she holes. can have the party anywhere. Okay, well, what's Indora's reasoning here? She can have the plot, she can have the party anywhere. She chooses. She wants to just fuck with Dagwood. She wants to fuck, she, she wants to fuck with Darren. Like, yeah, she doesn't let's like Darren. She said it, she said it a couple times. She doesn't like Darren. And that's so the, the point of the show. The point of the show is. You know, dealing with a mother-in-law who doesn't like you. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? I love my mother-in-law. She's amazing. I love mine. But, you know, but it, for years it was stock and trade of old hacky comedy. My mother can't cook and neither can my mother-in-law. <laughs> Women are awful. I hate being married to mine, but I gotta be ball and chain. I mean, this is what HGTV is built around. Every single home renovation <laughs> show is always just like, I ain't a man cave far away from this hag. Always nagging me. Keep her in the... It's just like, Jesus Christ, why do you all hate each other so much? Why do married why couples is this, hate each other on TV? Why is this the default joke for every married couple? As soon as the property brothers get within five feet of them, it's all of a sudden like, ew, just keep his man cave far away from me. Wine time. Yes. Like, anyway, <laughs> God. Um. So the the end stinger, 
they're getting ready for bed after the party and it's not a good stinger no like, it's, it's awful not a good stinger darren <laughs> said like you know he he was like well you know it beats dunking for apples which also what the f- why is that a halloween tradition bobbing for apples I mean, it's it's a fall holiday. It's a harvest holiday. We went apple picking last weekend uh, in the Hudson Valley. It is were they just bobbing? something. They were not bobbing. In fact, this seems they, like a bat. It was very it was very regulated. You have to like walk through <laughs> turnstiles and they like check you and like no bags and you can't That's have anything. That's not the spirit of apple picking. Where's the spirit of apple picking? It's all volume these days. You got to get. It's all gone commercial. <laughs> We had, I mean, we we stood in line for like 20 minutes to just buy some like pastries. It was good. Like everything was good. It's just, it's it's a racket up here in the Hudson Valley. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Sam says that Darren was a good sport about the whole thing, which he absolutely was, surprisingly. Uh, next year, they'll spend Halloween with his family, which is room, for, there's room for a joke there that they just pass over. He kind of has a look on his face like, we don't, no one celebrates how adults don't celebrate Halloween with their family, honey, but okay, whatever. And then Thanksgiving with hers, he's like, okay, she kisses him on the cheek. End of the episode. Big laugh, end of episode. Nothing funny, nothing interesting. No, like, last mm-hmm. little, like, zing from Arthur. Maybe his family are murderers. Oh, maybe. Now, that would be interesting. A witch marries a serial killer. And by which I say TV stereotype witch, not a practitioner of, of witchcraft, which I have much respect for. This is TV witch who just does magic. It's the same as a genie or a, you know, a elf, magic elf. Yeah, elf. yeah, yeah. Marries but, a Dexter. But what, yeah, wouldn't that be great? Marries a Dahmer. Jeez. Uh, um, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird little end. Yeah, it's it it's it deflates it. It's kind of like when Bosom Buddies had a scene that was completely unrelated to the rest of the episode, and we didn't we hadn't really talked to these characters earlier in the show, and all it just it just ended. Well, are you ready what? for some must-have facts? Oh boy, give me them facts. There's a lot going on here. Um, so I tried to find the ratings for this episode specifically, but. <sighs> When you report on Nielsen ratings, it seems very obvious that you would just put the numbers, like you just put the list. Nope. But for some reason in the 60s, they turned them into stories and would be like, CBS came out on top with, you know, Gunsmoke in eighth place. Rounding out the top 12 was, you know, Dick Van Dyke. Show. Like they don't, there are no, like the nah. order and structure and just like, there's no context to anything. And so I could not find a, a bewitched episode came in 15th this around this time. <laughs> I don't know what the number one shows were because that just wasn't part of the news story for some reason. But for the entire season, it was seventh and it was tied with Dak Tari and the Beverly Hillbillies. Okay. What do you um, know about Dak Tari? Didn't it take place in like Africa or something? Isn't it like an, is, that the, is that a show with a monkey? I it's an American family drama series. Um, Yes, this uh, it's a veterinarian in East Africa and there is a monkey. Okay, a chimp or something. I knew it from like a one or two throwaway um, mystery science theater gags. Yeah. Oh, Aaron Moran was in it. Okay. Judy Judy the Chimp also portrayed Debbie the Bloop on Lost in Space. Hey, Uh, working's working's working. The top five episodes or the top five shows in this season of television were number five, the Jackie Gleason show, 
four, The Lucy Show, three, The Andy Griffith Show, two, The Red Skelton Hour, and number one, Bonanza. <laughs> wah, wah. Red Skelton has no cultural cachet, does he? You know, he's he's one of those kind of like forgotten things that was really popular and then just kind of fluttered away. Um, I just I just saw a Facebook ad, which was not a, a Facebook post on one of my Disney groups where he had like applied to be a, an animator at Disney and Disney is like, good job. Keep at it. But he had, in like the know. 30s and 40s or like after he was already Red Skelton. I, th- I, I think it was before he was Red Skelton. But I don't know. He's just one of those TV personalities like Arnold Stang that you're like, oh, he was a, a name back then. But you don't know. Not anybody. Well, now. It's like. um. That guy, uh, God, uh, Arthur Godfrey, who had two shows in the 50s. Yeah. And I don't even know who Arthur Godfrey is. It's <sighs> just those quirks of history is that people who get popular and then they just kind of vanish. It just happens. Uh, ABC's Thursday night lineup, though, was choice. Started Ooh. off with Batman. Yeah. And then F Troop. Okay. Then The Dating Game. Eh. Then Bewitched, uh, then That Girl, and then Hawk, which I'm like, Batman, F Troop, Bewitched, and That Girl are shows I enjoy <laughs> to love. I so, would have watched. Th- I would have watched this. I would have stuck around. Maybe not through the dating game, but I would probably would have watched it. Oh yeah, and the dating game I think was only on uh, in like during like one month. They they swapped out that that uh, pot spot spot in the schedule changed yeah. a lot. Um, Earlier this very evening, CBS premiered It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Premiered it? Yes, this exact night was the night that that, uh, Great Pumpkin premiered. So, I don't know. Do what? I mean, so, you know, I think Great Pumpkin's overrated. I agree. Because too much of it is just Red Bear and dog fights. (laughs) Charlie Brown Christmas is so much better. Charlie Brown Christmas is a perfect piece of... uh, entertainment and oh, i my leg just fell off i i love it what my light... Your wooden leg what if no. no my light fell off uh that i had illuminating my face no it's fine i don't know i don't know uh i do like all the trick-or-treat stuff and like it's a rock like that's really funny i like but then that. it goes to snoopy and he's just red baroning all over the place and it's like you guys are just padding this out and the whole great pumpkin thing ends up being just a big MacGuffin, and then like whatever like red yeah. herring or like, like there's nothing nothing happens but, you know, you still watch it. It's fine. I would much rather watch Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, by far. Yeah, it is amazing. The jokes are good. It, that is my, is yeah. To me. All I want is my fair share. Oh, so good. Real estate. Um, So now let's play What Are You Watching? And now I actually have uh, the synopses for how these things were described in the TV guide at the time. So you right. are is October 27th, 1966 at 6 p.m. On a Thursday, and you've come home from work at your fancy advertising agency where you are definitely like wearing a suit and trying to like win like the Colgate account. And I'm coming up with a perfect jingle. Smoking like a chimney. Yeah. That's what everybody in advertising did. And I'm at my home in uh in on the upper upper east side with my lovely wife who has not been pleasured in years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh And our zero kids because she doesn't understand why I won't, why I keep uh, wanting to know what dresses go with what heels. And I'm like, no reason. So what, what are you going of, out of town this weekend? Great. What, what night of the week is this? This is a Thursday. 
Oh, so it's not like a go out kind of like I have I have things to do. And then you go to like some like clubs or something like that. This is the night that me and my wife look forward to because we get to watch sitcoms and talk about all the great outfits. And again, uh, she's just so sweet and I can't disappoint her. I mean, I would love to meet this this fictional wife and just kind of like God. pick her brain and and uh... eventually well, she'll know the truth. Um, oh, so I'm coming home from my advertising job. I, oh, what do I do for a living in 1966? You're probably oh, in, you're in journalism. Or, I mean, hopefully I'm writing for uh, Johnny Carson. Like that would be Oh, choice. yeah. God. Oh, anyway. Well, Johnny Carson, a, 1966? I do. Yeah, I think so. No, I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> I think he did start in like the early 60s. Um, so anyway, on ABC or pick up the TV guide on Bewitched, ABC, Baseball great Willie Mays is one of several interesting but unconventional guests when Endora gives a Halloween party with the weird like apostrophe separating these uh, party at the Stevens home. That's on ABC. NBC. He's in it for stuff. all of 20 seconds, but enjoy. The, yeah, turn on just yeah. to watch Willie Mays. It doesn't sell the episode very well. On NBC, Star Trek, the episode Miri. The USS Enterprise discovers another Earth whose childlike inhabitants are victims of an abortive experiment to uh, impede, and not the word they actually use, uh, normal aging process. Oh, I see. I see <laughs> what you're saying. Uh, which I guess you actually could say that word in this definition because it isn't talking about a person. It's more of an action. But, you know, let's be safe. Um oh yeah, so childlike inhabitants are victims of an experiment that slows down the aging process. Uh, CBS, a movie is on, all in a night's work, starring Dean Martin and Shirley MacLaine. Uh, a Playboy publisher becomes involved with a research worker in his company on the mistaken assumption that she is the mystery girl in his late uncle's life. Oh my what low stakes. You keep you keep putting these, the, they're stacking on top of each other. Like, yeah, I'll watch Bewitched. Wait, I want to watch Star Trek. Wait, I want to watch this Dean Martin movie. Wait, so are you watching the Dean Martin movie? I'm watching the Dean Martin movie. Oh, man. Wow. I'm watching Bewitched because it's Halloween and I love Halloween. And also, Paul Lind is on and I'm friends with Paul Lind because we probably came up at the same time together. We definitely, yeah. I mean, we've we've had sex. Like, let's be honest oh. here. Like, I mean, plus me and Paul, well, we came up in New York at the same time. We're definitely hooking you, up. You, you, you did at one point. And now yeah, you're we've you're gone our separate now. ways. Yeah. I have a wife who I love uh, dearly, uh, and he, well, he has probably, a career. He probably moved out to California. <sighs> yeah, he's in California. But like you had your time, and now you you parted as friends. We're not. We were not compatible at all because he's too combustible. Yeah, <laughs> I have to be the weird one in the relationship. I have to be the extreme one. Meanwhile, I have had a hard day working on the Colgate account trying to get that Colgate account. I come home. Do I want to watch like a whole bunch of TV? I just want to turn on Dean Martin. I want huh. to have, have myself a drink, smoke myself a whole bunch more cigarettes. Yeah. Just nonstop. nonstop. Ethan in the sixties dies early <laughs> <laughs> or surprisingly just lives to be 90, which is how <laughs> all of those people go out, which is wild. Uh, nuts. Yeah, so I'm watching Bewitched because it's Halloween and, you know, I have, you know, I have a respect for Paul. Um, and my wife just loves him and thinks he's so handsome <laughs> as a type and it's homosexual men. Uh, on IMDb, 290 uh, Bewitched heads gave this episode an 8.4 out of 10. Is that good? A high, low on the money? 
you know, comparatively, it's probably a really good episode. You got some like some flashy colors, some flashy music, some guest stars and stuff. Yeah. Give it. Yeah. Give it, like, I, I would say so. Yeah. Let's do it. I, I would say, yeah, 8.5 or so. I mean, for me, this is like five pumpkins uh, Halloween episode. This oh, is. This- as far as Halloween specials go, this is a great it's Halloween a good, special. You got a Halloween party. You got tricks. You got some treats. You got Uncle Arthur. You got, you got gorgeous cat. gowns. You got a cat. Uh, you got a dysfunctional marriage in Abner and Gladys, which is scary. You've got heckling. You got, you got heckling. a whole bunch of heckling. Love heckling. Got incompetent local uh, authority. Heckling goes all the way back to Shakespeare. I love heckling. If it's done <laughs> respectfully. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I, I'm not quick enough to do the heckling, and I'm also not quick enough to take it. So no, no, I'll watch others do it. I you can't get angry. Yeah. Who had the must-see performance of oh. this episode? Oh, Paul Lind. Not Willie Mays. <laughs> <laughs> barely seen performance of Willie Mays. He was barely in it. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, oh, speaking of that, I did find an article um, written in uh, the week before in 1966, which I believe was probably a syndicated article. That's uh, Willie Mays magic scores on Bewitched uh, set, and I guess it was some of them was there actually at the set and. Um, so they they say uh, bah, 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 bah. they say like <laughs> the following dialogue ensues. Willie, hi Sam. Sam, say hey Willie. Willie, gosh, it's time for me to pop out to the ballpark. Simple scene, well, relatively so. Director Bill Asher ran <laughs> through it with the cast once, then called action. The cameras rolled. It went all right, but Asher thought there was room for improvement. Another rehearsal, and once again the performers went through their paces. Still not good enough. Let's try it again, the director called out. Okay, let's take it from the top again, Bill said with a grin. The scene went off letter perfect. William Mays walked off the set grinning from ear to ear, and virtually everybody on the stage lined up to get his autograph. Elizabeth Montgomery was first, holding out a copy of Branch Rickey's The American Diamond, featuring a two-page layout on Willie. Then producer Bill Frug's children came forward, presenting Little League baseballs to be signed, followed by Agnes Moorhead, Dick York, and Paul Lind. So it would sound like they had a great time on set for that's a that's that's a long way to go for a ham sandwich. That is like (laughs) it's a very banal interaction. It is five seconds and they did at least four takes. (laughs) I know. Willie Mays was on set, did a couple lines. People got autographs. Slow news day. What was happening in 1967? Like, like, yeah, this or 66 is what they do. Uh, yeah, Paul Lynn had the musty performance. He was great. I mean, he's just, this is one of the best uh, Paul Lynn episodes. I love it. I understand why people liked him now. In this, yes. Yeah. I mean, because if you're going off of the Paul Lynn show and Paul Lynn Halloween special, although I still think Paul Lynn Halloween special, perfect. It's great. It's and wonderful. perfect in it. I'm Paul Lynn. Well, somebody had to be. <laughs> just so good. He doesn't work as well as a lead. Like he works well in the in the Halloween special, but as a lead, he doesn't work. As a supporting character, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. He needs to be. He needs to be the person that's always just uh, slinging the zingers. You gotta love him. Um, yeah. And must other people see this episode this Halloween season? Yeah, go yes. see it. Go see it. It's Especially, a good episode. It's on Freevee, which is free. Um, it is very great. I highly recommend it. Uh oh, but also if you want to go, I think season five's a safe and sane Halloween is what it's called. And it is terrifying. And still has Dick York. Because Dick yes. Sargent took over in season six. 
yeah, I do believe it's a Dick York yeah. uh, jam. I mean, Darren ain't in it that much because it's mostly these little goblins. <laughs> Very upsetting. Uh, yeah. So, Ethan, uh, what other, I don't know, uh, what's what's your Halloween feels for this year? Halloween feels, uh, every year, Megan and I do a Halloween. We uh, give out trick-or-treating candy to kids who come up. Uh, but then at midnight, we start a five movie horror, horror movie marathon that lasts into the wee hours of the morning. We make snacks, we make popcorn, we make oh, cheap. Um, we have a theme. I think Megan wants to do folk horror this year. Um, and then November 1st is our wedding anniversary. So we're taking off the 31st and the 1st um, as as like a uh, an extended anniversary thing. Oh, so yeah. we, we sleep late. Uh, on the first and then uh, we watched a bunch of movies yeah yeah I mean I'm going to be having a Halloween party at some point so whenever you want to come down to put it on the calendar Jamaica, yeah uh, figure that out I'm working on it uh, but yeah it'll be fun because I, I love I love Halloween um, and we'll be doing more Halloween episodes next week will be a Halloween episode from the 70s which I'll have to research and see which one we'll do because I don't remember I've already, I've already talked about the Happy Days one which is very good uh, a lot of like behind the scenes Brett and I talk, usually talk about what kind of sitcoms we're going to do but I think Brett's going to lead on this one because you you there's very specific. so much research yeah my years of watching nothing but Halloween uh, episode or holiday episodes has made this very so for that oh, wonderful person who DM'd and, and gave me a compliment, we will probably get to get smart. Uh, I think that we, we maybe if we do, if we stick to a weekly, we could, we'll probably might do it the week between uh, Thanksgiving and start of Christmas. Because the, yeah. there's always one, I think there's always like one week uh, where, where there's no holiday. There's no holidays <laughs> in this, but yeah, it'll happen. I like get smart. Um yeah, so uh, that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Uh, we talked about Bewitched, which is super fun, and you can watch on Freebie, or you know, you can buy the DVD box sets because hey, nothing on streaming is permanent. Uh, until then, I want to hear from all of you. Follow Must Have Seen TV on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brett White. Ethan, where can they follow you? Follow me on Instagram at EthanK55. Well, and please rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts because we still have not gotten any more reviews since coming back. And I want to read a good one. At this point, I would read a four-star review even. <laughs> uh, you can also read the words that are at decider.com. I have no idea what sitcom Halloween stuff I'll be covering this season. You know what? It's a whole thing. Who knows? Um, <laughs> thanks to ACAST for hosting all this uh, nonsense. Please watch the show on uh youtube you can watch this on youtube and see my lovely tuxedo which i'm proud of that i got for 50 bucks on ebay <laughs> <laughs> lovely little nugget to drop the very end um but yeah thanks everybody and uh keep it spooky even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.